If you're like me, you can't get enough John Mulaney, and that's good. Because during the Netflix is a Joke Festival, John Mulaney is presenting a brand new show called Everybody's in L.A. It's six live episodes created and starring John that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. This is going to be an unconventional show with very big special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find Sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. A touching movie about a father trying to find his lost son in the jungle. No, it has nothing to do about that. This is giant talking gorillas, lasers, and volcanoes. We saw Congo, so you know what that means. Now it's time for Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to How Did This Get Made? I am joined, as always, by June Diane Rayfield. How are you, June? I'm great, Paul. How are you? Welcome back to the studio after a missed absence from you. I miss being here. Uh, and also uh, by Jason Manzukas, who is remote in New York. How are you, Jason? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> very good. And uh, we have a very special guest today, a uh, hilariously funny guy. Uh, he writes for Funny or Die, wrote on NTSF, produced on NTSF, and even acted on NTSF. Please welcome uh, Nick Weiger. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. All right. So, Congo, let's talk about this movie. This movie is a great, I think it's a great example of having a lot of money and not really knowing, like, it. it's all there. They didn't have any struggle here. This is, uh, you know, but I don't think that they, they kind of got everything but the plot. Like, I don't know why this movie is not engaging. It came out a year after Jurassic Park. It was a huge, huge, huge hit. Like, the movie cost $50 million to make, and I think it made, like, $150 million. So it was wow. a giant wow. hit. But I think it was because people were like, oh, Jurassic Park with monkeys. But then when you think about that, it's not that interesting. I think when you pull it back, it's just like, I don't think it's as scary. Yeah, it's yeah. boring. It's just, it's just like, it's like, a, it's a movie that's about modes of transportation, I feel like. <laughs> I would, well, yeah, like, it's, it's like, it's like planes. Get in a new device. Yeah, it's like planes to trucks to planes. To, to wrap hot, hot, hot air, air balloons. <laughs> I did, I did uh, track something. So the movie, basically, the whole movie is getting to this one remote part of Central Africa uh, where, um, where this, this killer group of monkeys is. Now, the movie is 148 minutes. They finally get to that location at one, <laughs> one hour and 12 minutes. So basically, the movie has from 112 to 148 to, to get to the chunk. Like, that's like Indiana Jones. Like, it makes no sense that that's the whole movie well, is like in 20 minutes. Yes, and I also think there's something, there's something tricky to me, and I don't, <laughs> didn't totally understand it, but they're going to King Solomon, the ancient city that King Solomon had where there are diamonds... There's a diamond reserve there. Sure, of course. Now, what Laura Linney and her and the company she works for are looking to do with the diamonds is use them for communication. It's so <laughs> Can yeah. Get no, at the... Weapons, weapons. Com- but right. it was wait communication but, lasers though, right? But they kept on saying this is going to change communication in a major way. 
I, I agree with you, Jason. They did oh. use them as weapons, but they kept on saying that it would We're be using change. communications. Yeah, yeah. It's so like it's such a complicated premise. And it's also like as a companion piece for Jurassic Park where they took so much time like explaining how the DNA was extracted and was merged yes. with frog DNAs and like incubated. Here they're just like, yeah, yeah, diamonds make lasers work for satellites. There you <laughs> go. You know, and then they just go for it. And it's it's so it's never really right, explained. So I guess that's what that is what the end game was. I see mm-hmm. my my feeling, Jason, is that they happen to use them as weapons, but that that's not that's not what they that's, were in I the market for. I don't even think for. that's the kind of I don't think that's the same kind of laser. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think weapon lasers are one thing, and communicate. I mean, like I okay, this is what I'm. What are I'm communication lasers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured. The guy, what's the guy's name with the golf club? Because all bad guys oh, carry golf clubs. That, my gosh, that was, that is, um, oh my gosh, he's a, a great, he's a John Doe Baker. Isn't that John Doe Baker? Um, okay, yeah, you yeah. might be right. So he's like the kind of big bad guy. And I feel like he was saying that whatever his job, whatever his business was had dried up and he needed a new cash cow. That's a, what I, I got. Thought his, I thought his cash, his new cash cow was going to be like weapon lasers. Well, here's what I'm looking. I'm looking. He, works, so. he I'm looking, works for communications. Well, he worked for a travel yes. com, which like there's a few different things at play. He works for, and she worked for the CIA at one used, point. Used to work for the CIA. So now this is what it says on Wikipedia: that John Doe Baker is exploring the Congo because he wants to find a rare blue diamond that's found at, volcan- at a volcanic site, and that will help expand his communication <laughs> technologies. What does what? that mean? Like, my question is, like, what what do they envision the world like? Like, how will, how will this change things? Because at the us? end, she puts that diamond in a laser and then shoots it into space, and it blows up a satellite. It's like the ion cannon from Empire Strikes Back. It, like, yeah. can, can destroy something in orbit, and they've never, they haven't explained that before, and they've just Said, yeah, it makes it makes communications work. My my biggest problem Hell, with this, I, this with this bad guy, this I, John, oh, go ahead. Yeah, oh, I was just gonna say, I want everybody to know who's listening that this movie is so fucking bananas <laughs> that we have yet to mention the talking monkey. There is a, t- a talking monkey. Yeah, this is this is nothing Gorilla. compared to the talking monkey. And there's so many things to unpack here. I do want to just talk about one thing in particular. The whole movie is based on the fact that. Laura, like the bad guy, John Doe Baker, who walks around the golf club, you know, basically when he finds out that the the expedition he is sent there has and, been and compromised, he sent his own son there. Yes, he sent his own son there, and when he finds out it went wrong, he basically says like, "My diamonds!" Like he gets <laughs> mad, and then like, and he smashes a TV with his golf club, and then Laura Lenny's like, "Hey." We're going to go there and find it. But I want to make sure that you're not sending me there to find a diamond. You're sending me there to, like, find out what happened to your son. He's like, oh, yes, yes. But it's, like, the it's the worst lie of all time. The man just hit a TV screaming about diamonds. And then and the- it's just a crazy – I have to say that was really, to me, kind of unacceptable that he had not a second remorse for his own. Own child. I've just yeah. I've never seen an evil guy like that. I mean, it was truly he wants he must those be the most evil character. And and he when does, he's revealed at the end, at the end of the movie, when they're like, "We got the diamonds," like, and he's like, "Ah, diamonds!" <laughs> like he's so excited about these diamonds. And then she's like, "Wait but a keep second. Keep in mind, these diamonds are for a communications company. Like <laughs> that's basically like like Rupert Murdoch not, you know, or, or or Ted Turner." Like screaming about diamonds. diamonds. It's See, a I, it's a single minded yet like baffling like yeah. like desire he has. He's just so focused on diamonds for some unexplained reason. And that then that scene well, for communications. For communications. And that scene is amazing because he really does scream like diamonds. Like you would never you would be, that would be like in a parody movie. But here like and and now to get into the maybe more of the chunk of the movie, I would say here's the big problem. Um why not just make the movie about going to to rescue the son, like the son's camp? Like this diamond plotline seems like a real way, like a waste of time and space. Like, or, or why not? Why not send the expedition there to look for the son just to look good? Yeah, just to like look good, and then when they're there and they're like, oh, he's dead, be like, hey, oh, I'm super bummed, but like maybe look around for some diamonds because you're there. You're there. 
Because you guys are there, we solved the central mystery, and you guys still think I'm a cool bro. <laughs> he he's not a good liar. Also, it's uh, it's uh, Laura Linney. I, th- I believe it's her ex fiance they established, yes, which yes. is an interesting <laughs> yes. detail that isn't doesn't really pay off. No, and, and seems, I wanted to know what happened. Yeah, there. but she seems to really like this ex fiance because it was like an ex, but. She's really still emotionally invested in him. Like, and he, I thought we were headed toward a love story between her and yes, what's his face that just was aborted halfway through. I mean, well, he has his own love story with Amy the Gorilla, <laughs> so I guess there, there is, is like, a love story. Again, we have yet to touch on the fact <laughs> that there is. A tender love story between a grown man and a talking gorilla. Yeah, it is. This this is huge, (laughs) and it makes no sense, and is bizarrely erotic. I actually have I have an issue with the fact that he keeps on telling, and everybody's like responding to the fact that the gorilla is talking. The gorilla is not talking. The gorilla has learned sign language, and gorillas, I think we all know, can learn sign language. Like that's not. I guess what I have a problem with is the movie treats discoveries that have already been made as though they're brand new. Well, I think the the new thing in this movie was that this gorilla had a Nintendo Power Glove (laughs) that would interpret her sign language. Right, but I guess I actually think this movie is very hateful toward animals. Oh, really? (laughs) Really? Why would you think that? Why would you think? I just felt like everybody was so excited that the gorilla could use... That that we could understand English words. It's like, well, he's already understood sign language. It's like it's you, actually incumbent upon us to learn sign language to understand him. They liked it because it cut. Well, here's the thing about that: they have a lecture in the beginning where they're kind of showing off this gorilla. And this is my favorite. This movie is full of people that you're like, oh, that guy, that guy, that guy. And Stuart Pankin is kind of like the poor man's Newman in this movie. He's sitting in the audience with Ferris Bueller's mom, and they're watching this presentation, and he's like, ooh, now this got interesting. But we never visit that character again. That's it. Like you cast a major actor, and he's like, ooh, that's it. Like I feel like that was a huge plot line cut out of this movie too. Like. What was that about? Why was he like he was well, set up as an evil guy? Like also the, just the way they treated like it, at one point. What's the actor's name who plays the gr- Amy's owner and Len- um, that is uh, of course that is the what was uh, his name? Uh, Dylan I think Walsh. Peter was his name. Okay, so when Peter discovers or starts to realize <laughs> that Amy might want to go home, Amy the gorilla, because she's been painting pictures of the jungle. Yeah, he treats it as though it's this like unbelievable idea that a gorilla might want to go back to their habitat. He's like so confounded by it and only then oh, this like, is a man who works out yeah. this is a man back. who works with a gorilla primarily. He's, I would say he's yeah. like a gorilla expert. You would argue that no, that he was probably the most familiar with gorillas. This is a man who is making this gorilla as close to his girlfriend as he possibly can. <laughs> and when questioned about it, admits it readily. He goes, why did you oh, treat yeah. this gorilla, why did you give this gorilla the gift of sign language? He's like, well, because, you know, lonely, he has some sort of quote, like, about loneliness being, uh, oh, it was, a, he quoted a, a famous person, uh, a famous poet about like loneliness. Yeah, yeah. poem. Yeah, and, and so basically he's like, I needed a friend, like, he needed a friend. There which is, is something even more fucked up, because at one point, like, he gives, he gives Amy the gorilla a little doll, and she signs out, mother, I'm a mother, or something like that and but then later on she's referring to herself as his mom yes yeah and that ties in with like a like a perverse jealousy she has of other human females like she's yes. like always like batting them away and being ugly aggressive girl what she has done is she has like imprint he is imprinted upon her whatever that is and that's a real thing like i remember use a twilight term no that is a real thing because i went to a monkey like conservation. Oh, well, look at this June. Now who's I the ex-gorillas? <laughs> and <laughs> it's a very serious thing that happens a lot of times with female monkeys and gorillas, where they will, they will really attach to them to their male handlers, and they won't mate with other animals. Because they want to mate with... It's like that monkey on animal practice. Uh, we have a friend who had worked on that show. And, and, and the, the uh, trainer's like, yeah, this monkey wants to fuck me, but I'm not going to fuck that monkey, you know. But uh, that's, you know, he's really into me. Yeah. And then they try to mate them with actual like gorillas and monkeys, and they won't do it. Well, here's my issue. 
again, to talk about Dr. Peter, the monkey expert, he's not a very good doctor either. Oh, he's terrible. He lets the monkey drink a martini? Yeah, that's the weirdest thing like, on the plane. Smoke a cigar? Yeah. Sm- the monkey <laughs> smokes a cigar and drinks a martini and does it and does both. Not like this is the first time I'm doing it. The, the martini... The monkey knows calls for it. like I need the green drink, the green drink, and he obviously yeah. he likes olives, like he likes a dirty I think martini. It's really reckless because most most gorillas, when they are you know basically humanized over many many years and taken care of, they cannot survive in the wild. So for him to just drop this gorilla off like that is reprehensible. We, irresponsible. Would you say it it's truly is irresponsible? Um, can I We're have- all in agreement. He's a hundred percent fucking this monkey, right? <laughs> I think there's a want. I think there's a want. I think he there hasn't found the right crazy, one. Night, no, there is a crazy scene between them. Late. There is that scene, Jason, where they're rolling around on the ground, and he's like yelling at Amy. He's like, "You like that? You like that?" And he's tickling her. It's uncomfortable. Oh, yes. Today's podcast is brought to you by. Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival, and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie-cutter places. And I went on Airbnb, and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious even in a sea of milk. The crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you, and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. We also should just let the audience know if you've not seen Congo, which is on Netflix, and you could easily watch it. Um, there are no real gorillas in this movie. Uh, these are clearly people in costumes <laughs> at all times, uh, which again, following Jurassic Park, must have been a giant letdown to the the movie going audience to see uh, just probably just dudes in gorilla suits. So then I kept on thinking, what's Peter's relationship with this dude in a gorilla suit? Like, or throughout- like a, child, a child in a gorilla suit. I mean, because I'm sorry, but those gorillas were small. Yeah, they always are. Pretty- I don't I think child labor laws might not allow for oh, that. Okay. Could be, it could be, it could be, a, it could be a, a smaller person in there. Yeah, I, I would guess it's it's like a it's a Warwick Davis thing. Um, let let me. I know that the gorillas. We're we're only building to an introduction of another weird character, the Tim Curry character. Oh, man. The Tim, Whoa! 
Um, let me just uh, let me um, play you Tim Curry's introduction. Now, Tim Curry's introduction is one of my favorite introductions because it appears that Dr. Peter is having a conversation, a private conversation at a table with um, the guy who's like the uh, not the Orville Redenbacher guy, like the don't please, don't. Uh, I don't know. He's a he was in a bunch of commercials when I was a kid, but he's having this conversation <laughs> with this guy, and then all of a sudden Tim Curry's at the foot of the table. He's like. I will pay for this exposition. It's like, were you just, wa- were you walking? Were you standing? Like, I did, like, that was the most poorly planned. It wasn't like he, I just think it was so weird. It seemed like his, if he was standing at the front of the table. Well, he was at the lecture. But then he was, but it seemed like a day had passed. And, and he was he just, just like, happened to be there. He just happened to be standing at the table. <laughs> they were having this private conversation and waited for his line. But here's, just to get a taste of what Tim Curry's like, here's a listen to this. It's making you what, Dr. Doolittle? Now, there isn't a foundation in motion that would fund an expedition with that objective. I will pay. (laughs) That's Tim Curry. I will pay for Amy to go home. (laughs) And who are you, sir? Formerly of Romania. Free now of the chains of Ceausescu. Traveling the world and doing good. That is that is a little bit of Tim uh, Tim Curry's character. One of the many characters that used their full name at all times. (laughs) Yeah, Herkima Hermolka, right? Is yes. That it? Yeah. Wait, Jason, what did you say about the gorilla? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were still listening to the clip. Sorry about that. I can't hear it. Um, a woman named Misty Roses is uh, played Amy the gorilla. Thank God it was a woman. She's four nine, guys. She's four nine. <laughs> oh no. Oh brother. Because <laughs> um, um, that love story now makes more sense. Because I would. I, I'm fascinated by it. Do you think that there was a relationship between uh, a really hot like onset romance between Dylan Walsh and that woman? <laughs> I think there would, would there would have to be something there because they are so. If you were to cast this movie, it would be an actress. They would have, they, there is chemistry between them. Well, yeah, and it almost seemed like I just it was so confusing that there was no love story between Laura Linney and Doctor Peter. Yeah, that would have like kind of like salvaged it a little bit because you'd been like, oh, his affections were misdirected because he was lonely, but then right. he was just looking for the right woman. But it's like not no. at all. And, no. and and then at the end, I mean, the most disturbing scene, spoiler alert, is when Gorilla Amy is left in the wilderness, and he's he. Seems to want to take her back home, even though his main yeah. objective yeah. was to leave her there. But so he's about to get on the hot air balloon <laughs> to get out of the car. <laughs> Movie ends with them escaping in a hot air balloon. Okay, but when they're about to go, he's looking for Amy to get her, and she's with a silverback. And he looks so destroyed and so replaced. And so there's so much going on in his eyes. Yes. And he's like, he's, he basically says, like, oh, looks like a good a good looking guy. <laughs> yeah. He goes, he goes oh, she, uh, she uh, found a silverback. I'm going to say Dylan Walsh <laughs> acted the shit out of this part. I mean, yeah. you believe that he was in love with this gorilla. I mean, he did a very good job of really being sad. Sad to go. And you have a beautiful woman, Laura Linney. She's in the CIA. She knows how to work knives and guns. You should uh, get interested in her. I would hope, I would think. <laughs> um, but then there was a moment, um, obviously Amy saves him. Uh, there's a climactic scene where these crazy gorillas, the gray gorillas, the bad bad guy gorillas. Well, we'll get to the bad guy Although gorillas. I wished, I actually was hoping that Amy was going to sacrifice herself for his life. Like, I thought she was going to oh, sort of throw No, him. no, because it, it, she tr- she's so amazing that she scares all these much bigger gorillas away. <laughs> um, okay, that made no sense. That made no it sense. Made no sense. Also, basically, basically, they needed to cut to Ernie Hudson to be like, he does. They don't understand here. Like, like because it's like, yeah. why is this very small gorilla with the Xbox power glove that just goes, Amy, thanks, you're ugly. Like all the girls are like, oh, get away from. Like, meanwhile, they've seen so humans. The thing is, so what we're meant to believe is that Amy jumps down to protect Doctor Peter. And it's basically signing in English everything she needs to say. Yes. She can't just scare the other gorillas. She tried. So because the gorillas don't speak English, I mean, like, this is fucking mental. And by the way, like, her voice, her, her well, sort of human voice made by this computer is so girlish and not <laughs> threatening. Let, let, let's actually, I have that scene. Let's, let's hear that scene. I'll tell, you when the clip, <laughs> I'll tell you when the clip's over, Jason. Here we go. Ugly gorilla. 
That is the clip. Um, yeah, that's nothing. She basically says, ugly. ugly, go away. And the gorillas back away with such a, oh, these are giant, scary gorillas that, like that easily eat eat a lot of people, kill people, rip off their heads with no, no uh, problem. By the way, when they do get to that cave and Grant Hesloff, who's gone on to a very big career as a, <laughs> a, a writer, producer with George Clooney, uh, when he runs in, he's like, oh, God, oh, God, I need help, I need help. And then the gorilla kind of tosses someone else's head. But whose head was that? Like, that was one of the guy the- was talking to about his name being. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yes. Still Which very strange. strange. And by the way, that scene was odd. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that was doing there. They have like a well, conversation. I think there was this other, there were a lot of like runners and storylines that were sort of set up, but then a, like aborted along the way. Like I think there was this story that was taking place a little bit of like, oh, these people in the Congo who are helping us are just like us and we're just like them and they sing California Dreamin'. Oh my God, oh my God, the California Dreamin'. Oh my God. By the way, everyone in the Congo, everyone in the Congo speaks English well and in this scene, they're like getting a raft together and there's singing, everyone in the Congo singing California Dreamin'. (laughs) I didn't know what to make of that because that's also not a super, I mean, it's popular but I can't imagine that's a song that translates continents. Like, I feel like they must And And they just, don't they do it when they just literally had to jump out of a moving plane while none of them had ever jumped out of a plane before? Yes. Yeah, they all parachute out of this plane. No one seems to give anyone, like, like they Ernie Nobody Hudson. explains how to parachute. Ernie yeah. Hudson carries the ape <laughs> in a, like, jumps out of a plane with Amy the gorilla hugging him. And then Amy the gorilla is... Amy the gorilla is unconscious, so it's an unconscious Wait, animal. Right, it's totally Do dead weight. What? Wait, the, uh, is the gorilla unconscious because of the banana? Yes, they put yeah, they put that the the pill in the banana. So he has a almost oh, a, de- okay. a dead weight gorilla. But by the way, why did they do that? Did they know they were going to have to jump? Uh, who knows? Those Congo people, yeah. Yeah, but again, in addition to giving the, the monkey or the gorilla alcohol and a cigar, they drug it twice. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they put that gorilla down a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, so that they can jump out of an airplane holding it. And and everybody, everyone is like, like when that doctor, you know, again, Dr. Peter has never jumped out of a plane. And no one says, nope. like, follow me or jump with or me. Or, like, pull this Pull button. this. Yeah, this is how you do it. Anything. They're just like, great. Hey, Grant Heslov and Dr. Peter, strap on parachutes. You'll figure it out. And Grant Heslov... <laughs> I feel bad. California dreaming. I feel bad for Grant Hesloff too because that is the most underused character. Like basically Dr. Peter has a buddy who serves no purpose well, in the movie. And you think he's kind of set up as like a com- comic relief, but that's not really his purpose. He doesn't have a lot to oh. do except that scene right before he gets killed. Yeah, which yeah. is basically a, it. Where he basically just goes, "That's a weird name." And the guy's like, "How would you know it's a weird name? You've never been to where I live." And he's like, oh, "I want to go home." <laughs> and then is immediately killed. But that's like, that's it. That's like, that's all he, he doesn't have any scientific knowledge. The gorilla doesn't seem to like him. He he yeah. just is simply just a sounding board. He really is, a, I think he's just really a body that they needed to kill. Well, you know, talking about, talking about superfluous characters, I think ultimately Tim Curry's character, like what is he doing there? Because he volunteers to fund the mission, right? Yes. And then immediately, like before they get on the plane, they're like, your this credit didn't go money. through. He didn't have the money, so Laura Linney has to join on, and that's why she gets involved. And then so it turns out, why, is he, well, why is he still there? And then it's like, how is his not, like, why does he need this gorilla? Apparently she's the one who knows where this legendary diamond mine right. is. If you're, Dr. He- if you're Dr. Peter and he can't fund this mission anymore, but like Dr. Peter can still get over there... And you know, in the back of your mind, he's looking for something else. And this isn't about getting Amy home. Why does he continue to bring him along? That's the kind of difference between this and Jurassic Park, where Jurassic Park, everybody is there under the same kind of general idea and purpose, basically, even though they're all from disparate elements. Every single person here is under different pretense to be in the jungle and then right. none of them ever truly figure out what everybody else is fucking trying to do. <laughs> and they, yeah, there's never any, there's never any comeuppance for any of these characters. Like they really, like, I mean, Tim Curry also, his reasoning for finding this lost city is that 
when he was on an expedition, he found a ring that has an eye on it, but the eye is not very specific. It's, it's just, not unique at all. It's, it's just like, it looks like any eye, and then the the monk, the girl has been drawing like pictures of the eye, and they're like, it's the same eye, and then they get to the temple, and it's got just like a normal eye on it, and they're like, look, it's the eye the girl has been drawing. Like, what are you no, talking about? It's an eye. Yes. There was no, like, it was not a marking. It was just a yellow eye with a black slit in the middle. Now, let's just bring this out to, uh, obviously, June, I, I watched June react to it. I knew about this a little bit before. You know who wrote this movie? Um, John Patrick Shanley, who is an incredibly well-respected... No! Well, yes, yes. Yes. An incredibly well-respected playwright wrote Doubt. Um, uh, you know, the, Danny in the Deep Blue Sea. Danny in the Blue a million, uh, a million things. And, is, and um, apparently, I did a little bit of research and found out that they're like, hey, we want you to write this movie. And he's like, I don't want to read this book. Let's just, he goes, let me just um, what, let just make it about them going to the Congo to find gorillas. He's like, okay, yeah, let's make it. Like, he didn't read the book. He just pitched out <laughs> no one way. line. He pitched out one line, which was, they're in San Francisco, and they go to the Congo. And he's like, and they greenlit the movie on that was the only part of the pitch. Like, this is apparently, this Michael Crichton book is apparently very good. Uh, but they didn't use the source material. They didn't use it. Like they have a book that is worthy of it, that is very different than this movie, and they didn't use any of it. This movie has a wanton disrespect for human and animal life entirely. Yeah. Like Laura Linney's character is a cold-blooded murderer. Like the finale of the movie is basically her loading a diamond into the laser gun and just cutting giant monkeys in half. Oh, and it, this is this follows Ernie Hudson annihilating so many monkeys with a machine gun that he runs out of ammunition. <laughs> he just like killed See, so many of this ancient a, species. I thought maybe that was some commentary on like you know colonialism. Well, or, well, because when they first when they first go through customs or something at the airport. One of the guards says, you know, we don't ever want to be seen hurting gorillas in your American movies. But yeah, but that's, he basically makes oh. it like, he's like, oh, you Americans ride us so much because we're always killing these gorillas. I guess we got to be on good behavior around you. Ugh. We love killing gorillas, but you guys wrecked it. That, that was the sensibility that I got, that they like, they do yeah. like killing gorillas. <laughs> but well, we made it back. I felt like he was making... The- I felt like he was making the point. It doesn't matter to you, to you people that all everybody's killing each other and like presidents are being killed and all oh, this kind of thing. In their Mercedes-Benz cars. What's that? In their Mercedes-Benz cars. There oh was- yeah, yeah, exactly. You only you, you care you only care about like if we hurt a gorilla. That was that was Delroy Lindo in oh. one of the weirdest performances. When he screamed, I, I actually stop really liked eating his my perform- sesame cake. I really I, liked I, his performance. I want to play that stop eating my sesame cake. So obviously they get caught yeah. at one point, and Delroy Lindo is, I think, gives the performance of the movie. Next to Ernie Hudson, who I wish this would be a franchise of, like, Ernie Hudson is Indiana Jones. <laughs> like, I want that <laughs> yeah. kind of But here's Delroy that. Lindo yelling at Tim Curry, who they have a, they have a past, uh, a past here. Here we go. Mr. Homoka. Hmm. Stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> Stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> and that is uh, that is a clip there. Stop eating my sesame cake. Well, one of the best moments to me also is when he gets the money, he gets the bribe money and a lot of it. He puts it in a paper bag and then staples it. Staples the bag over. No one wants to. Oh, my God. How weird was that? And he said, I don't want anybody peeking. Yeah, it was just such a weird, like, great detail that I assume must have been his, all his own. I also like the fact that um, during that scene, there's, like, some perverted guards. Like, Laura Linney's talking, and one guard just comes up and just starts stroking her hair, and then she, like... Get, elbows him in the like the dick, and, and he's like, "Oh, very good, you caught him by surprise." <laughs> but it's such a we- it's so weird. And also, there's an undercurrent throughout the whole movie that Tim Curry's character is a racist. He's almost getting caught in racist things, like because you're b- uh, bad dude. <laughs> like he's always like being slightly racist around these uh, in Africa. Did, did anybody else think at some point Tim Curry was going to drop the accent and be like? Oh, revealed to just be a normal like British gentleman who was impersonating a Romanian character because I was like, this accent is 
preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> Hurkan Merhardo died. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's always saying, from Romania, <laughs> right, you know, or whatever, like where he's a Ceausescu and all this kind of stuff. That I was like, at a certain point, he's going to be revealed as a sham. <laughs> Well, I, I, I no, never, yeah. no, not of course, no, because that's a good acting choice. Um, there, <laughs> now, um, there was also like, there's also a lot of scenes in this movie that were odd. Like, there's a scene where they're in the jungle because, again, the majority of the movie is just travel. It is a lot of travel, and they say stuff like, "I wrote down this one thing where it's like, not a good day to be in Central Africa." An odd thing. Like you would never say like not a good day like to be in a just a general re like it wasn't I don't know if that's a general like like Zaire is a good now thing I, to say. I feel like this is John Patrick Shanley's version of um of uh, Apocalypse Now. You know, kind of Joseph Conrad kind of like this is his like we're we're gonna get them from here to there, up up you know, up into the to the jungle and blah blah blah. But it's like the worst dumbest version of that well, story. And do they ever comment on the fact, because even when Laura Linney back at the communications firm is watching the first expedition on satellite, on, on the video, there's major rumblings around that city, like major rumblings. And there's major no, rumblings. Major rumblings. And there's no like, oh, this volcano must, something's going to happen. Yeah. Like nobody ever refers to that again. And then... Well, was the volcano somehow... Like tied to, I don't know. Oh, when they picked a, up the diamonds. Really, no, but was see, it, that's was it, like was it because people were messing with like like no. Like, see, that, that, yeah. that's the thing. If they made some sort of point to say like, oh, you've disrupted it. The volcano just happens to go off. It is. It yeah. would have oh happened God. with or without them. Yeah, it's like it's like think. it kind of feels like if they'd done the Last Crusade, like that final set piece. But without exactly. the, without the night to explain everything, yeah. So you just like they just take yeah. a cup and like the ground starts shaking. You're like, what is happening? You know, yeah. it's so like they start gathering diamonds and then just lava comes in after and, gorillas and, have been killing them. And do you, do you also think that kills Frank, so many of the bad gorillas. The, it was the gorillas were, were committing suicide by jumping into the lava. Yes, that right. Yes. Very strange. strange. By the way, same producer I, as Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Maybe he learned his lesson after he saw this. Like, we need that. We need that night to come in there. The version that it would be as if, as if in this movie, or rather as if in Last Crusade, when they got to where the Holy Grail is, rather than explaining it, the knight attacked them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, also, no one seemed to really know what they were doing. Like, there was no leader in the bunch. The closest leader, and again, we haven't really gotten into him yet, is Ernie Hudson, uh, who you might know from Ghostbusters, uh, as the one that's not the, the three Ghostbusters. Uh, he, the fourth Ghostbuster. He... I think is an inspired performance, <laughs> but I he's he was great. great. Uh, he was really good, and um, but he also doesn't seem to be like too much of a guide. Like he kind of like he gets it. Is he being paid by Laura Linney's yes. company? Okay. Joe Pantoliano hooked him up. Like Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants is like, hey, you got this guy. He's gonna be your leader. He'll he'll get you around. <laughs> so really, Laura Linney did everything. Yes. And then. Why is there still why is Tim Curry there? They never just like kick him out of the of, of the tour group. Well, yeah, because Tim Curry had no money to finance it. So, but yet he still was able to but come. But still take him along. Yes, <laughs> even though he contributed nothing to this expedition. Uh, and He's then just now a character that they want there. Why is he there? <laughs> and, and then like, but, they can't they can't want him to like throw out with. No, he's, by the way, he's offering very little just in terms of like a person to hang out with. <laughs> Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah. Save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice. Plus, visit your in-laws. Plus, venture into the wilderness. Plus, wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. Perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, eats all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus 
Paramount Plus, plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, there are things that we need to get off our chest. Maybe someone in your life, a loved one, is driving you crazy, but they don't mean to be driving you crazy. And you want to vent and you want to get it out, but you just don't want to drop it on them because you're not really mad at them. Maybe you're mad at yourself because we all have these things that set off our stressors, right? We keep them bottled up and they start to affect us. And we start to then affect other people because our energy is off. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, you get matched, and then guess what? If you don't like your therapist, you can switch to another licensed therapist at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bonkers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bonkers. I was traveling with my kids. We stopped to get breakfast at Shake Shack and my kids said, mom said, we can have milkshakes. And I was so tired. It didn't make sense to me. But I was like, if June says the kids can have milkshakes, I'll get them milkshakes. I got them milkshakes. June's like, I never said that. And you know what? I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off by my own kids. And that's the feeling I never like to have. I never like to get ripped off by anyone. And that's why Harry's started their company of Harry's Razors, because they saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry. And they decided to do something better. That's right. They decided to do a razor that had a great price, high customer satisfaction, that had a no-risk trial, and they have other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors, okay? I love the body wash, and they have deodorant that smells damn good. I gotta tell you, I love these razors. They are perfect, and now I am a paying subscriber. That's right. So do not settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. That's right. Go to harrys.com slash bonkers. That's harrys.com slash bonkers for a $3 trial set. There's weird moments in this movie where there's like signs of danger, but it never really happens. Like they're going through the jungle and this like one of the, the Congo guides um, comes up against a snake and the snake's like, he gets really close to his face and he just stabs the snake and the snake dies. It's like, Okay, done. And they just keep on moving, but it wasn't like there was no, it was not a main character. It wasn't really a life and death situation. It was like, and there's like, I just felt like it was weird to be like, oh yeah, and snakes. I know we're walking, but that wasn't a big deal. Like, because I thought like, oh, he'll kill that one snake, and then yeah. a bigger snake will come out and like well, and I eat also, him. I also thought that the ghost tribe was going to come back somehow in the last. Oh yeah, they set of, that up. Yeah, yeah. they oh, never. The ghost tribe. <laughs> the ghost tribe is a tribe of people who live in in the jungles. They have no idea of like Western ideas, but yet they understand r- racism. Like, because like he like they ask him like, who's in charge? And Ernie Hudson's like, oh, I'm in charge. It's like, oh, you're in charge, and you're a black guy. You can't in charge of white people, but I thought that was a very heady concept for a people that are literally caked in white mud to be understand like race, like to get that. They they really got the specifics of race out of it. I thought that was odd. Well, I did appreciate. What about the fact that they brought John Hawks back from the dead, only to then scream and die again? <laughs> well, he saw the monkey. See, I actually think and that, that the, caused him to die. Yes, that co- he he was scared to death. And it seemed to almost a few people were scared to death by the bad gorillas. Like even when what's his face, the sidekick, Dr. Peter's sidekick, runs in, he doesn't seem that hurt. No, no he, he doesn't. seems like he's frightened to death. Well, that's the thing. Like his cuts are almost like some scrapes. It didn't look like he was. He wasn't. His head wasn't gouged. Like his body wasn't gouged out. Like he wasn't missing a limb. He looked yeah. like he just stumbled down that step and maybe he took a hard hit on that last <laughs> stoop. It was like, oh. But yeah, he did. He was not physically hurt. But that's like the same moment where the head comes flying in. Yes. It's kind of like, again, you know, to, to compare to Jurassic Park, which holds up so well, uh, 
uh, uh, by contrast, you know, like the, the moment where Sam Jackson's characters, you know, he gets their arm on his shoulder and he's like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever the line yeah. is, I'm glad you're safe. And they reveal it's just the arm and it's so awesome and so scary. It's like the same sort of emotional right. moment of that, but like such a clumsy execution of it where like one like, guy is just like, eh, this guy's just fine, but here's some other guy's head that's just going to be flung from off camera. And, and and where it should have been, it should have been Grant Hesloff's head yeah, coming yeah. in and it should have landed yeah. their feet and they're like, oh, oh, oh. Like, but like, because there was no real reason for him to come in because he's like, help, help. Whose head dies. Like, why just it throw was, one, was It was the head of the guy he had just been having a conversation with. The guy, oh, who, okay. the guy who kind of said, you don't know anything about where I'm from, Zimbabwe or whatever. Also, I right, right, assumed, right. Where he goes, do you speak English? Yeah. And I assumed that Dr. Peter, because he had that moment with the gorillas, a bunch of the gorillas, um, where he sort of like had a gorilla whisperer moment with them. I assumed that was going to come back. And he was going to at least try to tame the bad ones. Yeah, you never. Yeah. Because he has the moment where the the alpha, like the silverback, is confronting him, and and like Ernie Hudson's whispering, like "Don't move" or whatever, right? And uh, and, and you know he's holding still, and then and then you know like the, the gorilla confronts him, and then backs away, and then, then you reveal everyone else ran away, but he was the one guy who like stood up to him. You sort of like, right. oh, okay, so yeah, he is the guy who's like you know he understands he the mindset of gorillas. But yeah, no, once those evil gorillas come into the picture, like I guess there's no reasoning with them. They're just no. insane. I don't know. I guess the the only way to resolve that is with violence. Is what... <laughs> right. Well, if we're to understand that they're insane because they were trained by the by King of Solomon's the... like the mind garters or something. What like what? Well, is that's it? I didn't get anything like this whole like lost city like that. It was very like shady information because again, no one really knew that much. Like everyone knew a little piece of it, and it was like kind of told like like an oral tradition. Like someone was like, "Oh, I heard this," and well, I heard this, but I guess I this think it is... was that. They were used as slaves. The monkeys were used as slaves, and they revolted against their masters. And now they just live there, hating humans. No, that's not it. They weren't slaves. They were. Yeah, that's what they, they had. Those well, pictures. no, they, they were owned by them. Yes, but they were. They started breeding them so that their violent traits were like more dominant, and so uh, they were becoming more and why? more aggressive. Why would you do that? In because a small they community? wanted them to protect. I assume the diamond. Resource. So they would be on the outskirts. Oh, do you mean the diamonds that just sit on top of the sand <laughs> that don't, don't need to be mined Sc- at all? Scattered around willy nilly. Like, scattered on the scattered on the ground. Also, I don't know. I don't know much about diamonds. Ground diamonds. I don't know much about diamonds. You know diamonds these, that grow out of the sand on the ground. Yeah, the di- I don't know much about diamonds, but I didn't think that they come in long sticks like <laughs> Superman's like Fortress of Solitude. Like they're just like these long. Like they are easily like placed and they. Like, like put them in that gun with no problem. It's like, oh, good, we have this perfect compartment for a perfect diamond fit in there. Like, shove it in. It's like when you go to the orchard to pick apples, and it's late in the season, and apples have already fallen onto the ground. <laughs> that's that's what this is like, except a diamond. Yeah, and I'm pretty. Like they call it, it's like a diamond mine or something, but there's no mining involved. No, no it's mining just, at all. These diamonds are fresh through the taking. Tim. Tim Curry just picks them up like rotten apples and tries to run out with them. And <laughs> By the way, Tim Curry monkeys. picks up one and he's like, I'm rich, I'm yeah. rich. Yeah, and his plan is to simply, which I found amazing after all this trouble, was to simply just like pack as many diamonds as he could like into, into like pockets yeah. Yeah, yeah. and shirts and just run out. Uh, um, and then they're surrounded by the big gray monkeys. <laughs> the big gray monkeys are like the protectors of the diamonds or whatever. And then, in, and they have their monkey, Amy, who's with them. They then proceed to shoot with guns and lasers and, like, Uzis and craziness. All of the big gray gorillas, while their gorilla just watches. Like... <laughs> Yeah, their gorilla doesn't. Well, their gorilla knows that they're bad. Like that's the other thing too. It's like, like, I mean, I guess like they don't seem bad to be honest. They don't. No, yeah, they're the heroes of the movie. (laughs) It's like it's like the whole movie is like you could see. Okay, this is going to be like an indictment of colonialism or out of control capitalism. It kind of feels like what they're setting up. But then there's no moment of of like we should study these gorillas or we should like you know preserve this endangered species. They just start massacring them instantly. Anyone would feel that way. It would be Dr. Peter. Yeah, who doesn't at all? No, no, because these are he never he never says. 
He never says we are coming into their world. Yeah. Of course they're attacking again, us. Right? Again, again. Like right, and he's they're just, just they're he being animals. He yes. should be the he just. He picks up a gun and is shooting the women. You know why? Like, what? You know what why? Because. Amy think of that? Because he's afraid these, go- these gorillas are going to st- stone cold bone his girlfriend. That's what he's doing. Well, he's a jealous. Alert. He, <laughs> alert, that's what happened. Uh, and then, like, I mean, but he, like, Jeff Goldblum basically spends all of Jurassic Park going, like, we're messing with science. This is not good. Even and then even the scientists, the archaeologists they bring in, uh, Sam Neill is like, we're messing. This is not. We're on their land. Like ever, no one right. in this movie ever goes. We're on their territory. No, because even though they have been altered, they're not natural gorillas, and they've been you know bred this way. That was by human hands. So it's like one should feel for them, no matter what way you cut it. Instead, yeah. Instead, we get like Laura Linney running out, getting a putting a perfect diamond into her laser, which is for communications, or or I guess it's a weapon also. And then she runs in. She gives some like pithy one-liner. Of, yes, uh, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. He says, "What are you doing?" And she goes, "I'm putting them on the endangered species list." Terrible. Like, zap, zap them in half with a laser. It's the most violent dismemberment in like a that you could do in a PG thirteen movie. She's like severing gorilla limbs with well, the, like, like this oh, laser terrible. that she's. I felt like they just like oh we got it's like our version of a lightsaber. Like, like yeah, it's like a, but it is a violent end. I mean this end scene by the way too. Um, and no, no offense to the director of this movie. Everyone has to figure out how to direct like action for a scary creature when you don't want to see them. But his his scary action was um, blurry cam, like ugh, like the cameras just shaking. It's almost like first person perspective. Like that was, yeah. and then they and then they reveal the monkeys fine after that. Like that first time, it seems so scary. They never thought the monkeys. When you do see a close up of their face, they weren't that scary. No, they weren't. No. <laughs> really that scary just because you know when you when you wait to reveal the way something looks for that long I mean I guess it always might be a disappointment but boy was it (laughs) (laughs) well they just seemed like innocent monkeys to me like I felt like they were the they were the good guys and these guys came in and fucking like Especially, by the way, especially during yes, and during that lava scene when they were throwing themselves in the lava, it's like these these monkeys don't know which way is up. They're you know what I mean. They have to. (laughs) (laughs) These monkeys, I love that. These monkeys don't know which way is up. Do you want to jumping into lava? Do we want to? Do we? I mean, you would think that they would know how to avoid lava because they live in a volcano. Again, it seems like that would be something they are familiar with. Like nature, nurture, like they understand that. Um, Also, by the way, sorry to interrupt, Paul, but they get on a hot air balloon to get the F out of there. Now, their plane was almost shot down. Another plane that was flying over this area was almost shot down. It was shot down. It was shot down, and everybody was killed. So brutally. That's where the hot air balloon came from, (laughs) was from the downed plane. Yes, right, because they went in there and they knew that there was going to be a hot air balloon. how is it possible remotely that they would get out of there alive? Yeah. Oh, I fucking wish there was a post-credit scene where they're like, "We're finally getting out of here," and like a, ro- a rocket launcher goes off and they explode in midair. <laughs> Instead, we are left with this amazing uh, clip. Here's the last line of the movie, just in case you want to hear it, which is, uh, "There's a wind. I hope it blows us someplace good." Me too. And that is the clip. That is. I hope it blows us someplace good. Me too. That's it. They're not even hoping to go home. Just someplace good. And then start another adventure. Like, it has, like, that kind of, like, James Bond, Indiana Jones thing. Like, oh, we'll see you next time. Like, these are not three people that are going to have another adventure together. One's an ex-CIA agent. One's, like, this uh, hunter. And another man is a scientist. This is not a good group. This is not a fun group. Yeah, and we and you know we talked about it earlier, but this is a, this is in the aftermath of you know they escape the gorillas uh, before they get in the hot air balloon. Laura Linney has a conversation with Bruce Campbell's father, Bruce Campbell being the yes. guy who was killed in the first scene, um, and his father being the the industrialist wielding the golf club. Um, and they have this moment of like you know where he screams for the diamonds, and then she he it, you know makes it very clear that he doesn't care about his son; he only cares doesn't about the diamonds. Doesn't give a fuck doesn't about, a fuck about his son. <laughs> and so she puts her she puts the laser on her shoulder, aims it. At 
the sky and like I guess blows up his communication satellite with yes. the laser, which is going to cost him a lot yeah. of money because he's I mean he's already he's having a hard time because satellite technology has only gone downhill since uh, ninety four. I mean it's really been a, it's really been a failing business. I wonder though if he was on the brink of like creating the internet or something. Like what? He needs was... these diamonds to fuel the internet. <laughs> we need these diamonds. <laughs> Guys, what if there had been a plane in the sky? <laughs> but by the way, she, just think she about this. A laser, she shoots a laser into low orbit and assumes not, she's not going to hit anything else. Like, what the fuck? Well, by the way, she okay. has amazing aim, as does Ernie Hudson. Well, no, it locked on. It locked on to the thing. She was oh, able really? to plug the coordinates in. But I will stay. Okay, so you think of a person and the uh, the energy and effort it takes to shoot a grenade launcher or, or an air-to-ground air missile. There's like... A little a bit of, of something, yeah. a kickback. This is a laser. Again, I can't, I, you know, can't say it enough. It goes through the atmosphere <laughs> into space and destroys the satellite in outer space. And it's like, boop, done, did it. Like that's, cr- I mean, well, I don't even know what he would have done with that that thing. And it, would he, did he only need one diamond? That was the other thing too. Did I he only guess. need one? Yes, because they were a special type of diamond, right? They were blue diamonds, or they were they were they blue were diamonds. Not your average. Diamond. I thought it was they, they were unusually big. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I well, here, again, here is an interesting fact. But this how can a, a diamond like a diamond it? is pure carbon crystal with little impurities? The gems, such as manufactured rubies, are used in mediums like lasers because they have impurities. So that's just a technical thing that they, this movie is based in nothing. Uh, so just so you know, if there, you thought any research happened here, no, <laughs> diamonds and lasers never work together. Huh. Oh, so dumb. Um, uh, can I just, uh, do, is it worth talking any bit uh, all about um, how hard it was to get across the border? They really, uh, they talk about that is a it, lot throughout well, the movie. I thought like the Civil War was going to come back too at some point or there was going to be some sort of wrap up. Well, if that's, yeah, well, that's what's kind of surprising is they spend so much time setting so up much. the political kind of Civil War element yeah. of where they are. And then all the movie is is about getting to a secret temple in a volcano. <laughs> and then there was what was the weird thing too? Like, the, and I didn't really understand this. Like, they were these monkeys would kill humans and then clean up their mess. Like, they would have like a crazy murder scene and then they're like, "What? Where are all the bodies? What did they do?" And then there was a pit where they had. Okay, that was really weird because that pit was actually of gorilla like normal gorillas right but then they had another pit where they found bruce campbell where and the charlie, other guy. yeah where charlie was but then not all the other people because the other people had disappeared right but were we to understand that the gorilla the bad gorillas were actually killing gorillas that weren't they did set that up but there seemed to be like normal gorillas in ample supply in the jungle That's they're like everywhere so wait so these are hitler gorillas they're like creating a genocide for non-gray gorillas yeah they say at some point like those are the bones of the good gorillas yes. or the yeah That's a skull of a good gorilla which how he could tell that by the way <laughs> by one glance <laughs> Um, and uh, every, every there's a lot of like, oh, you're a scientist. Oh, you're a scientist too. Oh, great, we're scientists. <laughs> um, I will be. Rem- I would be remiss if I didn't bring out the fact that Jimmy Buffett played a role in this movie. If you didn't see him as a what? 727 pilot, he was a pilot in the movie. Jimmy Buffett. Pi- Jimmy Buffett always playing a pilot, also a pilot on Hawaii Five O. Uh, and it, I, I feel like that's like a rich person's thing. Like Frank Marshall's like, I hung out with Jimmy Buffett in Hawaii. I'm going to put him in my movie. <laughs> like, like it's like a weird, like, eh, we're having fun. Come on set. You'll be the pilot. Everyone will laugh. Obviously, we have an opinion about the movie. But there are other people who think differently. So now it's time for a second opinion. These are five-star reviews cold from Amazon. Second opinion. Let's begin. This first one is called The Myth of the Killer Ape. Um, It's by Dustin Holmes. He writes, I really like this movie, and I thought it was a great adventure film. In a way, it's kind of like the movie Anaconda, only with killer gorillas instead of snakes. Five stars. <laughs> that's, that's kind of true in a way. Yeah, they you are know? similar. Like to, with Tim Curry being the John Voight, or John Voight, like badly accented character. 
Yeah, well, this is, I want to ask a question about accents in a second. Um, This is from Zaina. She goes, after years and years of filthy language and bare boobs and bottoms, it's refreshing for someone like myself to find a traditional adventure movie that's not insulting to my sensibilities and is fun to watch. Too bad these types of films are scarce. Most script writers can't write a line without the F word in it. And love can't be conveyed with them without nudity. But this movie was a treat. Really? Really? That was written in 2001. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that that's, I mean, there are plenty of PG movies without the F word in it. And finally, my favorite review here is a uh, kid's review. Um, it says, Amy, Amy, good movie like. Cup, drink, Amy. Amy scared Ernie Hudson. Apple, banana, cup, juice, drink. Amy star, DVD, Easter egg, hidden cup. Five stars. That was written by <laughs> Amy. Like that one. Um, that was written by Amy herself. All right, so I have a couple questions here. First of all, Nick, you saw this in the theater. Do you remember seeing Whoa. this? I was so hyped for this movie as a kid. Oh. Um, I was, like, super hyped. And I, and I remember as I was watching it, I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. Um, but as I was rewatching it, there was a moment where they show, like, a, they kind of do a Terminator 2 style where you see, like, kind of the subway they're eating, you know, as the cops yeah. are having that scene. You, they see a bunch of, of Taco Bell that they've been eating yes. as the, the, the scientists have been working late. And I was like, oh, yeah, they had, like, this Taco Bell promotion. And then I remembered, like... I had like a Congo Taco Bell watch. I like wore to school. I did I too. Like, I had that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like really into this like like Congo watch, and I was so hyped for this movie. And I went and I saw it in theaters, and it was just garbage, just like so yeah. like terrible. And I afterwards I uh, went out uh, outside of the theater and I sat down and I sat in gum. I know. I, I legitimately think this like to this day that was like the worst day of my life. <laughs> like, it's like the low point for me. <laughs> And then my other question is... This was was kind of your life, September 11th. (laughs) (laughs) My other question is this. The accents. Do you think that it was at the table read that everyone just started to outdo each other with the accents? Because everyone is bringing... I mean, Laura Linney does a fine job. But, like, all the other side characters like, I got an accent for you. I got an accent for you. They all kind of throw on... Some, and no one directed them to lower it down. They're no. all yeah, pretty big. <laughs> uh, here's a clip of uh, Ernie Hudson talking about what he knows about gorillas. And this you get the chance to hear his accent as well. What is that? What is that? Full moon. Full of his monkeys. That's monkeys? Mating season. When there's a moon like that, every monkey for 200 miles thinks he's Elvis Presley. And that is neither here nor there. <laughs> that is that is the More clip of, of like that. an affectation. <laughs> I like that affectation. I kind of want. Too. I, I really it. do. Like Ernie uh, Ernie Hudson, like really like I, he read a thing in uh, the Weird Roles articles that they do in Onion, and he uh, loves this part. And he re- I, I don't know. I, I really him like him. It. I would love to make a movie with Ernie Hudson <laughs> as this character. Um, oh my god! Any any final thoughts? Anything that we didn't cover that uh, anyone feels like we should uh, bring up? Anything? Nothing? We'll talk about it all. Would, uh, you, mean, reco- would you recommend it is, people see it? It is startling to me. It is startling to me how much, how, how much this movie is just about regular, pretty much regular gorillas, one of whom happens to have a robotic English voice. And we, like, it, it, it makes, oh, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to get around to the idea that, like, even in this show, we've barely talked about the fact that there was an animal that talked for most of it. And, and that's, I know, and that's there's one point, the I know, is. there's one point where Dr. Peter says, because there's really no reason under the circumstances where Amy's voice thing should be on. I mean, you know, she shouldn't really have the robotic arm on, you know, because they're they're really like running for their lives once yeah. they hit the Congo. Yeah. And there is one scene where Dr. Peter just lowers the volume and goes, oh. I should lower this. <laughs> well, and, and by the way, and you know, this actually brings up a very good point. Like, she is wearing that backpack throughout the entire movie, and I'm like, well, what is it inside there? It's just a big old speaker. It's like yeah. he's carrying like a Bose bookshelf speaker on his back. Like the entire, it seemed like that was not, it was too big of a device if it was just a speaker. Well, I guess my point too is, and this is what I keep on coming back to is that 
Dr. Peter can understand her sign language because he taught her sign language. Mm-hmm. So the voice box is for... Everyone else who <laughs> needs to know what Amy's saying for some reason. Yeah. And then why did they need to bring that with them? And also, if they're dropping her back off in well, that is the my jungle, for, if, why does she need it at all? And it should be a part of her transition process yes. that that voice box is, uh, you know... Well, when she goes good. to be with that guy, she's not wearing it. No, but I don't remember when it was but taken off. But she clearly puts it on herself oh. for the final scene because she's not wearing it right before the silverback scene, but then she is wearing it in the final battle scene. So clearly at one point she's like, oh, I better strap this on. <laughs> I, I got to I talk English to these gorillas and freak them out. Uh, <laughs> that, oh, so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so would you guys recommend uh, seeing it? Uh, on, it's on Netflix. Would you tell people to watch it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful mess. The hippo scene is great, which we didn't touch Ooh, on. The hi- yeah, the hippo bad. scene. The hippo scene is actually, I wish the movie was actually more like that in a way. Like, um, like just because that seemed like more like jungly or something. I, it just seemed like there was a lot of, like, that seemed like more of an adventure moment or yeah. something. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty great movie. <laughs> It is. Oh, it's it's really dumb though. Uh, no, yeah, yeah yes, yes very dumb. But John Patrick Shanley, I would say this, and then doubt. Probably <laughs> this is a man who won the Pulitzer. That, that is mind boggling. He won the Pulitzer and won an Academy Award for writing Moonstruck. This, this guy has had the craziest, uh, the craziest uh, thing. You know, he's written. He wrote Joe versus the Volcano. It's a very interesting uh, movie career. Um, okay, so uh, that is that. Uh, before we wrap up, June, you want to talk about uh, your movie? Yes, Ask Backwards is out on VOD on iTunes right now, and it'll be in theaters November 8th. Um, I have a, a quick announcement to make that to listen to the mini episode because we have an extra from uh, the Lindsay Lohan movie, I Know Who Killed Me, wrote in and gave a very detailed experience of what it was like to be on that set, and we're going to play that on our mini episode. Nick, uh, what, do you, what do you got? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Weiger, N-A-C-K-W-I-G-E-R, and uh, look for my videos on Funny or Die. Perfect. Jason? I don't know. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got nothing. Uh, well, we thank you guys all for listening. Uh, we have a, a Twitter. It is H-D-G-T-M. It's at H-D-T- or H-D-G-T-M. And you can follow us there. It's our official Twitter. You can, make, uh, you can write us on our Facebook page. Thank you guys so much. And thank you to everybody here at Earwolf for keeping this show running. Our amazing engineer, Frank Capello. Our amazing clip puller, Avril Haley. Um, did I pronounce that wrong, Avril? I am sorry. I think I did. I'm sorry. I butchered your name. Katie Dyer, Leanna Waldron, Nathan Kiley, Sonia Weiser, all these people keep our show running so smooth. Nathan with the research, Sonia with the mini-episode help, Leanne, Leanna with all the amazing art, and Katie just rocking it on the social media side. We love you all. Thank you so much. Um, all right. See you next week. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland. And discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.